Welcome back to another episode of Unbatting. I'm Dana Pereira. And I'm Jessica Presley. Jess, it is a big week this week. Such a big week. For so many reasons. (laughs) The biggest being that at the time of recording, you have two days before your birthday. Yes, approximately 48 hours. 48 hours (laughs) until you end this decade and start a new one. Yeah, I'm super excited. Isn't that fucking awesome? It is awesome. And I am going into this birthday just like my heart is filled to the brim. It's overflowing. I'm feeling an outpour of love. Um, Everyone in my life that's close and dear to my heart, yourself included, has made my birthday feel so special already. And I'm just like going into it like on a high note. I'm feeling really great. So one thing that I noticed whenever I turned 40 was that everybody wanted me to be a little sad about it. Oh, They were were like, are you okay? Like Mm. you're turning, how are you feeling? You're turning 40. And I don't mind the, how are you feeling question, but I think a lot of people were surprised and I loved that you did the exact same thing. You're like, this is fucking great. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. It's been great. And you know, I had some clients on Saturday too, and they were like, oh, it's your birthday. It's coming up. How are you feeling? And, um, The two in particular that I'm talking about were both probably in their 50s, 60s. And they're like, oh, 40 was so great. I loved my 40s. They were so wonderful. And so, you know, it's just further confirmation that like all these good feels are valid. I think that in your 40s, you really know yourself. And you're in that sweet spot where it's like uh, you're aware of your mortality, but in the long line of life, if everything goes according to plan, you got a long time ahead of yourself still. Yeah. And you're at that point where you're like, I'm going to fucking do all the things. You're braver. You're more confident. Like so many things. And I know that your 40s, you have already declared it. It's it's going to be your, well, you said year of fun, but I'm, I'm declaring it a decade of fun. Yeah, fun 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm not like naturally a person who's just like looking for fun. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like uh, more responsible. I look at things more like work. I'm like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. And so um, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to have some fun. I'm ready to start um, looking for fun. I want to seek it out. How about like spontaneity? Spontaneity. There it is. <laughs> um, spontaneity. Not my strong suit, but also willing to lean into that a little bit. I think... Are you going to make me do something right now? (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. I would never do that to you. But I think like your birthday, you're going to be on a trip with your husband. Right. Like maybe whatever's going on, be like, you know what? For example, my husband on his 35th birthday scaled a cliff naked. Oh. Jumped into the ocean. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like something like just random out of character that I wouldn't normally do. That would be really, because we still laugh about it to this day. We're like, remember when you turned 35 and you scaled a cliff and jumped into the ocean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's a good reminder and definitely something that I'll look for opportunities. I'm very excited. We are going to revisit this whenever you get back because I want to know what happened. If I scaled a cliff naked and jumped into the ocean. Can you get Davey on board with like the spontaneous fun? Dave is pretty go with the flow and chill. If I'm like, hey, let's do this. He is kind of like risk adverse though. Yeah. He's like on a a long came Polly. He's like, don't step on the grate. There's a 37% chance you're going to die. 100%. My husband is Ben Stiller. Yes. Go me. You did it. Wow. Um, In a long came Polly. That's definitely him. Um, Although Ben Stiller might have better dance moves. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen his dance moves. We did a walk-off. We did do a walk-off yesterday. And it was very fun. And, I mean, not bad. He, he did a decent he job. He held his own. He yeah, did. he got a little cackle out of me. So he can still make me laugh. Way yeah. to go, babe. <laughs> you know what? That was spontaneous. 
It was. We could have very easily. Our daughters challenged us to a walk-off yesterday. Well, I'm going to correct that. Okay. We challenged them to a walk-off. Oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> they are constantly doing walk-offs yeah. when they're together mm-hmm. swimming. And I was like, Psh, we should do a walk-off. That was spontaneous. It was. And it was fun. And it was so fun. We killed it. We did. I'm we gonna really put, did. I'm going to put that video up on our, <laughs> on our social it's media. It's so great. <laughs> and seriously, we nailed it. If there was a winner, I think it was us. I mean, there was a winner and it was us. Yeah. Um, I The girls challenge that, though. They, they don't believe that. We were the winners, but I've watched both of the videos and we won. Video doesn't lie. It's all right there. The proof is right there. (laughs) Right there in the pudding. So uh, that was the first thing that was like, wow, this is a big week. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was we've been talking about doing an episode and it's a big one. Drum roll. All around. Mm -hmm. Unbatting. In particular, Christianity, because that is what we mostly know. That was our childhood. That was our upbringing. That's what we're familiar with. Um, You know, when we first started talking about it, we kind of like approach it as religion as a whole. Yes. But as we kind of more dug into the episode and we're thinking about the things that we wanted to talk about, um, we realized that um, our direct relationship with religion was through Christianity and through Catholicism. Yes. Um, And so a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to kind of be specific to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But religion as a whole, I feel like there's a lot of common denominators. There is. There's a lot of overlap with some of the belief systems and stuff like that that we are going to get into. But it wouldn't be right for us not having direct knowledge of those other religions to actually speak on them. Sure. And I mean, let's be honest, Christianity is the largest religion in the world. And that's what I mean, most of the people that I know, they're like, Jewish or Christian or um, Mormon. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe some Muslim in there. I yeah, know a few Muslim people. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's a big week. It's something that we've been kind of like tiptoeing around. We knew that we wanted to do it. We were feeling called to do it, mm-hmm. um, but it's a touchy subject. It is. I don't want to disrespect anybody's belief systems. I don't want to disrespect anybody's faith. That's not what we're here to do we're not here to say that one person's right one person's wrong I think that it's just a an opportunity for a conversation um and for us to say like we having been brought up in this particular faith have noticed some things that seem problematic and hear us out maybe Yeah, stick around, listen to it. If it's something that you're feeling a little triggered by, um, I always like to um, dig into my triggers and Mm -hmm. ask myself, why is it that I'm feeling this way? Um, But this really, it's exploratory. You know, you and I are exploring um, how religion had an influence on our lives, has had an influence on the way that we carry ourselves, even still to this day. Absolutely. And again, I really want to make it clear that we are not trying to put down anybody's faith. I think faith is fucking awesome. Agreed. It has helped so many people through so many tough times. I think that it's important. I think that it is, you know, very, um, I think it's enlightening for a lot of people if you have something to hold on to. And that's what faith basically, that's like the whole definition of faith. Definitely. And there's a lot of positives to um, Christianity as well. Um, I feel like there's a lot of community and support in Christianity for, um, you know, I I look at San Diego, right? It's Mm -hmm. a really big city. Um, A lot of people are um, like transient. They've come from another place. Yes. Um, And so... Church is where a lot of people find the place where they belong. It's where they find their friends. It's where they find their chosen family. Um, And so there's benefits to that. And I do think that they're, um, like you're saying, having faith is such 
a huge part of life. It really does help mm. get through things that are hard, give gratitude when things are great. Um, and so while we are going to be touching on um, some of the things that have come up for us that we feel like it is problematic, I just want to put it out there that um, I do respect your faith. Um, I have walked the path alongside of you probably for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and that I do see that there's a lot of really beneficial things to um, going to church, to your uh your belief systems, um, a lot of good can come of it. And um, a lot of it is outdated. And a lot of it can be kind of like dug up and unearthed a little bit. And and maybe let's start asking some questions. Definitely. And so that was one of the big things that I had a problem with. And, and Jess and I have been, I mean, we both went to Catholic schools whenever we were younger. Um, in my memory, and correct me if I am wrong, mm -hmm. you were always very like, yeah, let's do, like, you were of the path. You didn't mind doing the church thing. Mm -hmm. You, I feel like I was more of a rebel mm -hmm. <laughs> in that area mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, did you just say a virgin had a big, okay, come on now. Like, mm -hmm. don't, you know, like <laughs> I just, and if because I was a, a child that had questions, I was made to feel less than a lot. How dare you question these things? Mm -hmm. How dare you, you know, uh, talk to an adult and, and, you know, try and raise some flags like, excuse me, but this doesn't make sense to me. And I think a lot um, of children because we start so so young mm -hmm. they start you as a teeny tiny baby saying that as a three month old or less that you have already sinned right well and also one of the things that I have really struggled with is like especially in um catholic church um baptism mm. the so many times I have heard people ask about me baptizing my children. Uh -huh. um, and and I've heard other people talking about baptizing their children, even as growing up. And, and the thing that I remember the message being relayed was, um, if you don't baptize your child, that their soul is going to either stay in purgatory or go to hell. Go to and hell. that they will not... Um, they will not reach heaven right? if your child is not baptized. I feel like that is playing on every parent's worst nightmare. If I am doing something, if God forbid something terrible happened to my child, if I did not go through this process and I didn't dedicate this child to God, that they are doomed. And that is what it's meant to do. It's meant to be a big, scary thing so that you... I mean, I hate to say it like this, but so you fall in line mm -hmm. so that you fall in line and you follow the, I mean, we could get into so much with politics and Christianity. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. It is though. It's what it's meant to do. I think that religion as a whole was um, made as a tool to help keep the masses in check. And overall, there are some good rules that come along with it. Like, don't fuck your neighbor's wife. Don't kill people. Don't steal stuff. But there's so much, like, wiggle room in those things. Are we talking about the poor people that literally have no other resort other than to swipe a loaf of bread? Or, you know, like, now all of a sudden they're going to hell because they were hungry? Right. Um, I, I think that like the heaven and hell thing is like one of the most problematic things in my opinion um, because um, it plays on your guilt. It plays on your fear. And one of the main things that um, even social media or regular regular media, the news, mm -hmm. uh, the things that they use to kind of control large amounts of people is fear. You yes. put things out there that breed fear in somebody and they are going to, um, 
I mean, I don't know, insert whatever they're trying to do here. So whenever this idea of heaven and hell um, is put in front of people, it's very polarizing. Either you do what we say you're going to do or you're going to hell. You can go to this magic place in the sky um, surrounded by clouds and lollipops and unicorns. Um, But if you don't do what we say, you are damned to hell and you're going to burn with, you know, the murderers and the anybody that has ever done anything bad ever. Right. But what they consider bad is what I take issue with because I spent so much of my childhood afraid that I was being bad, that I was doing the things that were going to send me to hell. And this has like come up with me into adulthood also. Mm-hmm. Um, I We had talked about it before that masturbation was bad. Mm-hmm. I grew up thinking that if I pleasured myself that I I would like wait for the other shoe to drop if I pleasured myself I would spend the rest of the day like what's going to happen that is wrong I'm gonna Mm -hmm. get in trouble for something something bad is gonna happen I'm gonna have bad luck uh whatever it was I would spend the rest of my day terrified that something awful was going to happen right just from masturbation right If I had a meltdown moment and I wasn't the best version of myself and I said something wrong to somebody and I made them upset, I would spend the rest of the day, the week, the month, whatever, punishing myself for being human. Well, it's conflicting, right? Because they say... um, that you are a sinner mm-hmm. and they say um, that you have to forgive. Yes. Right. And so if we have to forgive, how does that um, not negate this idea of like being a sinner and going to hell when you do bad things unless you are saved? Uh, yes. And then if you're saved, it's okay if you do bad things. You're just going to have to say some prayers. Uh, Seven Hail Marys. And then it's going to be okay. You can go to heaven again. So because Christianity, Catholicism, religion in general has so many people, like there's just, I mean, a gazillion people that follow different religions, um, we're humans and we are flawed and we're going to be, we're going to make mistakes. Right. All the time. Right. Um, and unfortunately in these religions, you're not allowed to make mistakes. It's, it's punishable. You're bad. You're wrong. So what do humans do whenever they are in a situation where they're not allowed to make mistakes, but they're humans and they do, they hide it. They have guilt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that guilt actually, and this is going to be controversial and somebody's going to like, I don't know, send me a thumb in the mail or something. But um, some people get off on that. Mm-hmm. They get off on their guilt. They get off on their shame. Mm-hmm. And they do it more and more and more. Right. And I can't tell you how many times I have listened to a true crime podcast that started out in a church. So I do want to like interrupt a little bit here and say that I think that a lot in from my vantage point, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of your position comes from being a young girl in Catholic church. Yes. Now, having gone through um, my younger years, probably all the way through high school, going to church, um, I kind of stepped away from the church for a while. And then when I met my husband, he and I started going back to a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it felt nice. I Like you said earlier, like I definitely was more open to walking that path. Mm-hmm. I think that in some ways I was trying to find validation and acceptance within myself. Yeah. And I think that naturally I, I am a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And so 
um, I'm realizing now that um, my connection to God, right? After going through my adolescent years in a church and then being married in a church and then Dave and I um, kind of like taking the jump over to a more non-denominational Christian church, Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of run a pretty big gamut. Um, but I didn't find God in a church. I found God in my backyard on a yoga mat. See, that is the other thing. There was so much guilt about not going to the church, right? You had to show up to the church. You had to be in the community. And I just, I, I take issue with that because I'm like, I don't need to be in a church to, right have spirituality or to pray to God or to, you know, whatever it is that I believe, I can do that by myself. Right. If he, in quotes, is everywhere, mm-hmm. um, then why do I need to be inside of a church? Yeah. And I don't think that you do. But I, I do think, though, I want to kind of go back a little bit to what we were talking about before. I do kind of want to say that whenever I was in um, the non-denominational Christian church here in San Diego was called The Rock. I do really feel like that was more of a safe space by comparison to what I grew up with in a Catholic church. Um, it was definitely more like come as you are. It was definitely more um, we all make mistakes. Um, one of the pastors there would openly talk about his cocaine addiction that he had in his life. Um, I love and that. Yeah. And so he is very real, you know, and one of the benefits, I think, of more of this non-denominational Christian church is that they are uh, growing with the times Um, like Catholicism. I feel like it's very like it's a very historical religion. It's It's a very old religion Mm -hmm. and the practices and the ceremonies and the 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 whole thing. It's just very old listen nobody with arthritis can go to a catholic church that is, okay that it's is like very sit, true. stand kneel sit stand kneel <laughs> that's very true and not that i'm saying that there aren't things that don't cross over into um the christian space or this more new age um christianity yeah but i do feel like there's been many improvements and i do feel like um Again, like I said, there's there's things that aren't great. Yeah. Um, but there are things that I feel like do offer a wider perspective and a wider lens for people to be themselves and have a history and have a past and not be guilt ridden or shamed or told that you're a terrible person and you're going to go to hell. Yes, they still tell you that you need to give your life to God and you need to pray and you need to tithe and you need to, you know, do all the things that a quote unquote good Christian does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like the guilt is definitely directly correlated with Catholicism. It, that good old Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why, you know, Catholic schoolgirls go wild whenever they turn, you know, 18 or right. whatever it is. They're like, <laughs> we're fucking free. Right, right. But they're not because they feel guilty. And the second that they go and so have a guilty. first sexual partner that they are not married to, um, they feel like all the shame surrounding their sexuality. Uh, maybe you... Um, decide to just go for it, right? Mm-hmm. And have multiple sexual partners and I explore your sexuality, right? Even though you went for it and you're at this point where you are now, that carried with you throughout your 20s, I'm it sure. Still does. Unfortunately, like there are so many times where I will be beating myself up for something and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is directly related to you know growing up Mm -hmm. in a catholic school or the the religion um but i i try and be cognitive of it i try to be aware of it and uh sometimes i am sometimes i'm not but that whole thing with having to go to church to do things um, I felt really guilty for a long time mm-hmm. because I wouldn't go to church. 
Right. I didn't want to wake up at 6 a.m. on a fucking Sunday and make myself look pretty and like <laughs> fucking dress up and yeah. go to yeah. church. I feel like my memories of going to church as a child were like all like <laughs> it was like a fashion <laughs> we show. We would wake up in the morning. It would be like everybody's mad and angry because you're trying to get ready and you're trying to get out the door on time and we're late and we're all fighting and arguing in the car and then we show up at church and we're like, hello, we're the picture perfect family. Happy family. And we're dressed from head to toe looking lovely. And Look at our Easter hats. And we're going for donuts after this. Yes, mother, <laughs> could I get a chocolate cream? <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like laughing and giggling in the pew and she's got us by the back of the neck hairs oh and God. she's like, shut up, through the teeth, right? Giving us the fucking <laughs> evil. Do you remember being in church and we could not stop laughing? We were laughing so hard and mom was just glaring at us, but right. her glare would make us, us laugh, laugh harder. <laughs> I could see her like, don't embarrass me. And all I could think was, fuck, we're getting beat after this. <laughs> getting my ass beat when I walk out of this church. But it was funny because, yes, that's how it was. It was anger, resistance, chaos, uh, chaos beforehand. You know, the hour that we were in church, we were the blissful, good little soldiers. Family. <laughs> And then we would leave church and it was back to chaos, anger. Like, I I don't remember who mom said it to. Sorry, mom, for throwing you under the bus. But she called somebody a motherfucker on her way out of church. <laughs> <laughs> the windows start shaking. The stained glass is breaking. It was the funniest thing in the world to me like i i wish i could remember who it was it was probably some bitchy lady that was at church. probably fred <laughs> it, it might have been fred who knows <laughs> but like for her like we were walking out of like no sooner did she step her big toe off the stair yep. <laughs> she was like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh it was so good but i do think there is a reason that they tell you that you have to go to church because church is a business. Well, sure. Yeah. And they need people, they need asses in those seats when they pass around that donation box. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they need to make sure that they're getting the donations. And believe me, I get it. Like, keep the lights on, blah, 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 blah. Um. But yeah, church is a business, a tax-free business. I also think that, um, so I'm going to, again, direct this to like my experience in this like Christian church, mm -hmm. not the Catholic church, because that's where I went as an adult. Yeah. And so that wasn't like my mom made me go there. I chose to go there. And um, they did do a lot of work in the community. And I knew that when I gave money to the church that it was going to good places. However... I believe that there is science and studies behind when you get people to tithe, when you get people to invest their money, mm -hmm. there is a stronger um, loyalty. Totally. There. 100%. You're invested. You are invested. And this is your church now. You have put your money there. Mm -hmm. But do you know that the required, we'll say, amount of tithing is 10% of your income? There's like an actual figure of how much you're supposed to donate. And like for me, like, I don't know, in my early 30s, if I saw people passing around the tray, tossing in ones and twos, yeah. and I thought I was doing a really good job by tossing in a 20. <laughs> but I'm like, that's definitely not 10% of my income. No. And that's a lot of money. I, I just... It feels like, and again, this is so much childhood trauma of my own in the church, but I'm like, I don't need to pay to pray. You don't need to pray, pay to pray. You definitely don't need to pay to pray. Um, again, the lights on, mm -hmm. the people who are leading the church, the space, the community outreach, all of those things. Yes. Um, I do understand why money is involved in a church, but again, it is a business. And when there is business, there are bottom lines. There are numbers you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. um, and who is, who are the people that are 
running this business. It is a human. It is man. And man is flawed. And whenever you have um, a person that is the pastor, Mm -hmm. right, and you are the leader, and you are, I guess, in some regard, like, kind of idolized, and you're, like, church famous. Well, that has to be, like, a... Like a fucking rock star high. Right. And so when there's money involved, when there's power involved, when there's adoration involved, ego is involved. 100%. And you cannot, as as much as you can try to keep your church or your um, religion innocent and all about your relationship with God, it's impossible whenever man is involved because a man cannot be trusted. We're sinners, remember? We're sinners, and we all have ego. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that you can and and don't think for a second that you know a uh, father whoever isn't competing with Father Jack Stone over in the next community. They are also kind of put against each other in a sense of like. This church is going to be shut down if you don't have more parishioners, mm-hmm. right? And so there is like a competition almost to have people in your church yes. versus another church. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I'll never forget. Do you remember when mom got a bill in the mail Mm-mm. from our priest? I mean, you know my brain, Dana. Come on. <laughs> okay. I. Mom, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Call into the show. <laughs> Caller, what is your question? Um, she got a bill in the mail from our priest when we were, I don't know if we were in CCD or whatever. I think we were semi-older at this mm-hmm. point um, because she wasn't donating enough right. every week. And now our mom was a single mother. Mm-hmm. She was paying tuition for two children to be in a private Catholic school. Yes. And they are sending her a bill because she did not donate enough money. She was not pulling her weight. She Mm -hmm. wasn't donating enough money. And I'm like, well, if she walked into that church and donated 50 cents, that should be good enough. Well, let's also talk about like this part of the Bible, right? That talks about like um, the one who gives them, the person whose donation is most valued isn't the one that gives the most. It's the one who has the least and still gives of what they can. Yes. And I was going into the Bible with that because didn't Jesus like wash the feet of the poor? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that like, a, how, he didn't go to the poor and say, I washed your feet, now give me 20 bucks. I mean, it wouldn't have been 20 bucks back then, but you know what I mean? <laughs> It it just, it was stuff like that that really, um, it, I want to say it hurt me. It's like internal red flags as like a youngin, you know? Like for, from what I'm understanding from you, it was like that part of your brain was like, ding, this doesn't feel right. But I wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be the good little Catholic schoolgirl that my mom so desperately wanted me to be, I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had so much guilt over that that I questioned the, you know, Virgin Mary having a baby. I'm like, Joseph, come on, bro. Did we not have questions for her? Because... That feels, I mean, I feel like I could make up that story too. Nobody's going to believe me. (laughs) No one's going to believe you. No. Right. Or, you know, um, Jesus died. He's crucified. Right. In a horrific, terrible, horrible way. Horrific way. And they just like show him on the cross to all the little kids just bleeding out. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't worry because three days later, he rises. He's good as new. Right. Zombie Jesus. He's right. good as new. Um, And it was almost like a Santa Claus Easter Bunny tooth fairy to me. Where I was like, why are you feeding me this line of bullshit? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. That is not 
like you cannot prove that with science unless he just had a very slow heartbeat. <laughs> I felt like I mean, I don't know, people die and come back to life. Sure, sure. But they're usually, on ventilators and like, <laughs> life support. I mean, there are definitely the stories of the women that they're getting ready to bury. And then all of a sudden, you know, they used to put bells in coffins because they would accidentally bury alive people all the time. I and then, did not know that. And that's terrifying. I swear to God. Um, they would ring the bell inside the coffin if they woke up from... <laughs> What? What? Yes. Yeah. That is wild. It is a true thing, a real story. Um, so like, sure, maybe that is something that happened with zombie Jesus. Maybe he wasn't actually all the way dead. Maybe he was uh, you know, that princess bride scenario where he was just mostly dead. Mostly dead. (laughs) Yes. Well, I want to remain respectful. And leave this in or take it out. But I think that using terminology like zombie Jesus could be triggering for a lot of people. It could. And I, um, I do use that terminology as a, um, like comedic crutch for me. Sure. Um, because honestly, I don't sometimes feel like I would get my friends don't get the respect that they deserve from certain things in religions because they're gay or mm-hmm. so you're right. I'm not being the most respectful that I could be in that scenario. And it's because I'm jaded. I get that. I get that. Um, so because you brought up your gay friends, mm-hmm. I think this is like a good segue. Um, my Husband and I used to go to church together every Sunday with the girls. And I will tell you, it was a very reminiscent of me growing up and there being all of this chaos to get to church mm-hmm. and be there on time. And I'm mad at Dave because I'm the only one getting the kids ready and right. I need to do their hair and I get blah, 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 blah. Right. So much. Um, and so around uh, COVID, um, Dave and I stopped going to church mm-hmm. as many people did. And, you know, there was a lot of online church and things right. like that, but it just didn't happen. And also simultaneously, I was on a very, um, I was on the path of self-discovery. I was on the path of understanding my own spirituality. Um, and so church kind of fell out for me. Yeah. I didn't necessarily have any disdain towards it, but it fell out. Yeah. Um, and then time kind of went on. And just recently, my husband um, started going back to church. Yeah. And we've had some conversations about it. And there were times where he would take my kids to church um, or they would want to go. Jordan usually doesn't want to go. Shay's usually pretty interested. She's down for the goldfish. Um, She wants to sing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, she goes in like the little, like the classrooms, right? And she wants to... uh, color and eat snacks okay so I mean I don't blame her and she also loves to sing (laughs) (laughs) but um you know I would within my own marriage I found us kind of being in conflict and the reason was is that I said you know Dave there's just so many problematic things for me when we go there I said you know our daughter's best friend has two moms yeah and I don't ever want to put our children, our neighbors, our uh, lesbian couple, mm-hmm. a very close friend of mine, again, is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to put my children in a situation where they are at church or talking to church friends and somebody um, give them this idea that her besties family is wrong in any way. Yes. And so whenever I say stuff like this to my husband, he said to me, well, anytime they bring up like homophobia or anything that has to do with the gay community, I mean, I will just get up and walk out. I'm like, well, isn't that a privilege? Yeah. Right. And again, like with all due respect to my husband, sometimes when you are the straight white male, and you are at the top of the food chain, mm. it's really easy to just pick and choose what works for you and what doesn't. But when you are the person who's being targeted, yes. it's not that easy. And I stand for a lot of people who are targeted by the church. Yes. Um, I have people who are close to me who have had abortions. Mm-hmm. 
I myself at one point in my life was faced with a decision if I was going to keep a pregnancy or have an abortion. And I remember praying, please make the decision for me. Please make the decision for me. That's all I wanted was to not have to make this choice. And call it God, call it universe, call it uh, creator, divine energy, whatever fits with you, I had a miscarriage. And um, I was very grateful for that. And call even though I was body that sometimes <laughs> goes through things like that. Right, right. And so I was very grateful mm-hmm. in that moment that I had had a miscarriage. But at the same time, I was incredibly sad. And I think about the women who have had to make an impossible choice to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And when they walk out of that clinic and there are people of a certain religion standing there shaming them, I have a really, really hard time with that. My children are adopted. Mm -hmm. If you think for a second that I um, am not grateful that their birth mother chose adoption over abortion Mm -hmm. hands down 100% I am so grateful she made that difficult difficult decision yeah and I understand that that is a either way you cut it that's a lifelong decision that you have to make it is and so when I talk to my husband about these things within the church, patriarchy being one of them, homophobia being another one, politicizing abortion being another one, I just have to say to him, you are of the echelon of people who get to pick and choose. That is a great word. It really is. <laughs> um, but I'm not. I'm a woman and there is patriarchy layered upon layered upon layered in most religions. I'm not even going to like identify this to Christianity, but in most religions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just, it's just does not stand within my moral compass as a mother, as a parent to put my children in a place where they could possibly be told that somebody that they love is doing something wrong based on the way that they were created. So that's definitely another biggie for me. I I think that religion, Christianity, at all of it could be so good if they led with love. Right. If that's you it. are the accepting people, if you let people be who they are, whether they were born that way or not, it does not have anything to do with you um there's so much control like Mm -hmm. such a control issue and I just think that religion was if you're using it in the way that they are selling it that it's a good thing it's a uh you're supposed to love people love thy neighbor accept people whenever they're different than you that was a big thing that they preached in our Catholic school was, you know, if oh, if a kid is blind, you are still supposed to treat them the but same. But not black. But not black. That's different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if people are using it in a way that, like, again, back to the commandments, you know, Ten Commandments, great. Yeah, it's a good idea to not do the murder to people. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea to not sleep with your neighbor's wife or steal his things. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea to be nice to your parents. But honor thy mother and father as long as they honor you too. (laughs) Right. Right. And so I guess um, I've just, I've always had so many problems with it because it never felt to me like it was full of the love that they were selling me. Right. And what would it look like if they were to practice what they preach? Yeah. Right? So instead of standing outside of an abortion clinic with signs and shaming people, what if a woman walked out after making an incredibly difficult decision and they wrapped her in a blanket and they prayed for her and they prayed for her grief and they prayed for the soul of her 
um, unborn child yeah. and they prayed and and appreciated and accepted the lessons that this experience has taught not just the mother, but everybody who is with her surrounding her that day. What if whenever a child is questioning their gender identity or their sexuality, instead of shaming them and their parents and trying to pray the gay away, what if they provided a safe space for this person to go internally and say, you know what? You are loved. Your creator created you perfectly everything that you were feeling is okay what would it look like if the church practiced what it preached I would love to see that because so many people out there would flourish Mm. it would be I think that it would be beautiful to watch these people that are otherwise condemned they have so much to offer And it is a scientific fact that when you do good for other people, you feel good too. Mm -hmm. That's the gift that keeps on giving. It is. It's rhetorical. You, and, and, and think about a single time in your life that you did something for somebody else and you didn't do it for praise or recognition or it, you just did it because uh, it was the right thing to do or um, somebody just needed your help. Maybe you weren't even excited to do it. Maybe you were like, fuck, I can't believe I have to do this, but fine. <laughs> fine, I'm going to do it. And then you walk away and you're like, okay, like just chuck up some karma points for me because, you know, like I just took off one of those masturbations from childhood. <laughs> You're slightly evening yeah. out. <laughs> One step closer to heaven. <laughs> but think about how great it feels to serve other people in a way that um, they feel loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what they sell as religion. That's what they tell you that they are all about. It's love and acceptance and I mean the Virgin Mary had a baby out of wedlock right she wasn't married right she was married to Joseph oh were they married yeah oh yeah okay well I have questions for Joseph how she ended up pregnant (laughs) but like nobody was condemning her right and you know like I (laughs) this is a silly point to bring up but in the Bible Jesus goes from like baby to like 12 to like 30. Don't you think it's probably because he made a few mistakes in those in between times because he is a fucking human. Right. And I think that we all have a journey and we all have a path. And if you're on the path to enlightenment, which I believe that Jesus maybe was a real person that walked the earth and did some really fucking awesome things. He was a real brown person. A real brown person. Thank you. Let's just start there. Brown. Yeah. Um, And I think that maybe modern day he would be considered a healer, clairvoyant. Um, Like, I don't know. I just feel like he is made out to be this thing that is unattainable. Maybe modern day, he would be in a homeless encampment because nobody would fucking help him today. Maybe. And how often in church, in school, whatever, did you get the lesson of, oh, the guy that looks poor, um, you know, uh, he comes in and people turned the other way, wouldn't listen, wouldn't pay attention. And then he turns out to be this, you know, deity or how often do we get that in those? Like those are the lessons that they preach. Right. And nobody today, I shouldn't say nobody, I'm generalizing, but a lot of people still turn away. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. They're not helping. Right. Um, And that is like anti-religion to me. Like that's anti what it's supposed to be well you know I think that people who commit their life 
to God, commit their life to their church, mm-hmm. I believe their heart is in the right place. I believe that they want to do good for their families. They want to do good for other people. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And I love that. And I think that so much about faith is believing in something bigger than yourself and bigger than what you are. And I have faith. I do believe that there is something bigger out there. I do um, think that, you know, I don't want to say like everything happens for a reason because it's so cliche, but I, I do think those things. I do too. And I don't think that there are any, I think this is like a really good segue into like, where are you with your belief systems today? Um, I know that um, I'm a big reader and I always love to recommend books to people. Um, And a lot of them are on like personal development, spirituality, things Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm always very cautious on what I'll recommend to you because if they mention God in it, I feel like it could be triggering. God itself is a trigger word for me. I'm working on it though. Um, It's not God that I have a problem with. It's the personification Mm-hmm. of God same that I have a problem with mm-hmm. um I don't think that and 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 this goes back to childhood again I say he whenever I say God I am really working on breaking that but it is a trigger for me and one of the reasons that I won't go to church started with the personification of God and I'm like God is not a man he's not a man he, he's he, not a human he, he is he, not a man it, it, <laughs> um, it is not a human. Right. And that is something that, yeah, that, so God is very triggering for me when he is, ha, God damn it. <laughs> when it is personified. Mm-hmm. Because I just can't get down with it. I mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, it's a trigger for me too. And I think it's just like another like little point for patriarchy within um, the religious modality and I think that um, when the church wants to recognize how deeply rooted patriarchy is in it the first thing that they could do for us is stop calling God a he that is the way that you can support women stop calling God a he God in my opinion God's pronouns are not he him they are not nor are they she her yes agree Um, but I believe like when when I talk about God And my relationship with God today is the closest, the strongest, the most empowering that it's ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. But I don't look at God as a man in the sky. I don't look at God as he or her. I look at God as an energy in my heart. Mm -hmm. And when I hug someone that I really love and my heart just swells Mm -hmm. with a outpouring of love for this person that connection is love source energy that to me is god i am feeling everything that you're saying right now because that is also like what i feel when i have a really good meditation i feel it like when i'm taking a walk and i'm looking at the birds and crunching leaves beneath my feet and I'm smelling the dirt after a fresh rain. I'm saying this all today because it rained today in San Diego. (laughs) And hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I feel that. And I love the way that you just put that, that love source energy. That's the way that I have to look at it in order to unbad all of the buildup of religion, not God, religion that has built up in my life, um, the way that I dismantle that is by understanding what God feels like in my body. And I do believe that we are all God. We all have that ability to feel that in us. That source, that energy, that is us. That is us. And the same thing that brings tears the same energy that brings tears to your eyes when you have like a moment of something really beautiful Mm. is the exact same energy that makes a bird sing yes it's not beautiful so beautiful and I really I really encourage you all to sit outside for a minute just by yourself go on a walk 
and feel it because it's in the trees it's in the wind it's in the smells it's in the everything and if you are already a religious person you have been made to know this already Mm -hmm. but it hits different whenever you look at it as love source energy rather than the big man in the sky right definitely Something also that comes to mind for me when we talk about man in the sky, I think of heaven, right? Mm. And um, a lot of times I think with religion um, that heaven is hell is meant to be these places that are like of the afterlife. Yeah. And over the last year or so, I've kind of been toying with like, what is my understanding of heaven and hell? Mm. And I truly believe that heaven and hell is... um, personal number one and it's that of state of mind and so heaven and hell isn't a place that you go heaven and hell is something that you experience on earth in your mind and either you are going to live a life of love and acceptance and you're going to um uh, accumulate love and pass on love or you are going to live in this place of fear in your mind your own personal hell your own personal hell I agree with that I think that people that believe in hell this is hell we are living it it's also heaven Mm -hmm. it really depends on your mentality and your choices and um, how you choose to view things how you choose to accept things into your life I again I I just want to like reiterate what you're saying that choosing to lead with love Mm -hmm. is so strong. It's so powerful in your life. Like if you choose to see people that are struggling in a way where you have compassion for Mm -hmm. them, it changes everything. And I'm not saying that you, you know, have to go out and give really awful people all your love. That That's not what I'm saying at all. But you will see a difference in your life when you choose to lead with love and compassion versus um, you're a terrible person that's going to hell because you don't live the life that the patriarchy built up in a church. Which to me is like fear and judgment. Which is fear and judgment and your own personal hell Mm -hmm. it's interesting how that all preach girl (laughs) (laughs) you know this (sighs) has been like this is a heavy episode it is it is and I I I had to throw a couple masturbation jokes in there because I had to lighten the mood a little bit get it or get in the mood a little bit I don't know which one you're trying to do my husband's really hoping I get into the (laughs) mood a little bit um we did have premarital sex though I'm just gonna put that out there sinner (laughs) yeah (laughs) we all are um I'd love to hear Anybody else that wants to write in, we are unbatting at gmail.com. This, again, is a conversation. And I think it's very clear that um, she's the understanding one (laughs) and that I am the jaded one. And I'm trying. So I do have an open heart and an open mind and would love to hear um, different perspectives Uh, Because I am aware that my perspective is not the only one. Yeah. And I also think that like we're all working through stuff together, right? That's the whole point of the show. That's what we're doing here. So like um, you're at a different place. I am. I'm at a different place. And I think that through conversation, through understanding, through love, through compassion is where we find an understanding for one another and where we work through the things that have built up and caused the ick inside. Yeah, I think I need a few more sessions of therapy regarding this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, guys, um, thank you again for hanging out with us for another week here on Unbatting. And before we go, everybody, please join me. We're about to sing. Ready? No, you're not. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Aww. you. So bad. <laughs> Happy birthday. I love it. <laughs> Dear Jesse. Happy birthday to you. Aw, thank you. You're I love you. Happy 40th. Oh, yeah. It's the best decade yet. Yay. You'll see. I will see. I'm ready for it. Let's go. And as always, we're on batting, baby. Woo woo. <laughs> Unbatting, unbatting, we're unbatting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbatting, baby. We're unbatting. There's a place on the deep web where murderers roam. Are you my next victim? I've wanted to strangle a woman my whole life. I want to watch the light fade from your eyes. I'm going to watch you die slowly. I will drag your body into the woods and leave you behind a rock. Are you ready to die? Follow along each Monday as we expose the dangerous world of death fetish. Visit deepdarksecretspodcast.com to learn more. Deep.